the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Yo, 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 yo! It is 6.03 on a Thursday night in July the 13th. And I am here with Joni Pelzer, Matt Sambolino. Wait, what do we want to make fun of Sambolino about? There was something we wanted to give him a hard time about. Oh, oh because was... he took the day off yesterday? Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah I worked yeah, from he... home yesterday. Yeah, Let yeah, me, yeah. That's worked all from home. a bunch of crap. <laughs> that whole working How do you home. do tech work from home when you run a studio? I have underlings who can do some stuff oh, on site. Let me ask him, Sam Bowen. <laughs> did you ever hear me refer to the 20 or 30 people who work here as my underlings? <laughs> no, no. How no, old is he? <laughs> I mean, what the heck is that underlings? Uh, you know well, what, we you are know. very <laughs> We are very, very, very fired up. We have three major guests. We have the chief of the NYPD Transit Bureau, Michael Kemper, coming on to talk about the real deal about what's going on in the subway, number one. Then we have Michael Melcher coming on. This guy is a very accomplished man, um, besides going to Harvard and going to um, Stanford Stanford and law school. He worked at Davis Polk, which is this outstanding law firm. He was in the U.S. State Department. He lectured at uh, Camp David. He's the real deal. Um, we're going to get into some fun topics with him. And then there was a big override of the um, of the mayor. To the, so the mayor vetoed uh, something, and then the city council overrode his vehicle veto, which did not happen once during the de Blasio administration. Happened last time during the Bloomberg administration. So we're going to have Congress uh, Councilman Borelli on to talk about that. So we have a huge packed show. Um, we did go to see my friend Sean at Zoray today because I wanted to um, give the boys here a little freshening up on their clothing. You know, I mentioned John Esposito, my partner, who is on the market for women and how he picks them up. As You know, he needs a companion, and he's looking for a female companion. <laughs> he needed a little clothing upgrade. So we took him to Sean. He got two suits, and that's like a work thing. But, you know, when you leave work, a lot of times you meet special people. But then he got some casual clothing as well. And Judge Cammons got some clothes. And Lino got some clothes. So we took care of everyone here at the Idala Bertuna and Cammons firm. By the way, Diana, I don't want you to think that the women don't get taken care of. Marianne's my wife, so she's constantly taken care of. And I'm so excited about tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to be broadcasting live from Long Island with a special guest host. I cannot wait. That's going to be a ton of fun. Um, and I was on, I, I want to say it's like our sister broadcast station um, earlier today. 
with Sid Rosenberg, and we were like yelling at each other about crime. So, and and the statistics of crime. And I cannot wait to have Chief Kemper on. I spoke about Chief Kemper. He's the chief of the N- NYPD Transit, and because um, we're going to get into it in the next segment. Because I agree with Mayor Adams. I think the media is blowing it out of proportion. Because that's what sells papers. If you see the headlines and says everything is great in New York. Sadly, as human beings, we don't pick it up. But if you see like blood, guts, murder, suicide, homicide, it's then you're like, oh, let me buy it. But um, and I had a wonderful lunch today with Geraldo Rivera, of formerly of Fox Five. Uh, I'm sorry, of the Fox News Channel. Uh, today uh, he was on the View. Um, tonight he's on uh, Chris Cuomo on News Nation. Uh, he's just a wonderful guy. So we have an action-packed show. That's why I'm talking so quickly. It's the anniversary of Live Aid. We're going to talk about that as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. I have two guests, Christopher Bayonne and... Vito Pitta, attorneys with Pitta Beyond. It's been almost 18 years since the 9-11 attack. We hear about first responders dying from 9-11 related cancers. Do you think this is the beginning of the end of that cancer epidemic relating to 9-11, or is it the end of the beginning? We don't have a full picture of everyone that was exposed. So while first responders, uniformed personnel, recovery workers were very much aware of the Zadroga Act, everyone else that was below Canal Street may not know that, one, they were exposed, and two, that they are potentially eligible for health care and compensation because of that exposure. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd at a new time, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 and again at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Bay Ridge Honda is kicking off the 4th of July by saving you $1,500. That's how much you can get when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with them. They've been your family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years. Your Honda dealer serving the five boroughs. The Sabah family makes you feel like family when you walk into their showroom. Browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award winning dealership. Right now, get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with them. Even if you don't buy a car from them, they want to buy your car. So visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. Available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for detail. And 73023. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. 
As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors & Sullivan attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970, The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Stand by me, bye bye. Here we are, live and local in New York City, 612 on July the 13th. I had a wonderful birthday celebration with Luca Joseph Idala last night. Thank you all so much. And just so you guys know, like what I deal with, Joni is like, don't forget, <laughs> it is DD Khan's birthday from Rocky. I go, who's DD Khan <laughs> from Rocky? It's DD Khan, DD Khan from Rocky. I'm like, D.D. Khan from... Then she pulls, she pulls up a picture and shows it to me. She goes, look, it's D.D. Khan from Rocky. I'm like, that's... She's I totally not from Rocky. forgot. I know. My she's mind, like, oh, no, it's from Greece. I'm too busy, like, trying to reel you in and out. Nobody and knows oh the God. trouble. Audience. No, I'm going to appeal to my audience. Audience, please. You got to understand what I'm dealing with here. I got Matt on one side, Sam Bellino. I got Arthur on the other side. I got 50 people trying to walk in his office before, during, and after. Law. And I don't know what to do here. I, somebody help well, you know me. What? I know what to do. Try switching to decaf. Yeah, no. She I didn't even it. have coffee. She today. shoots it right into the vein. <laughs> Let's bring. I know what to do. Let's bring on NYPD Chief of Transit Michael. He's Kemper. on my side. <laughs> he will straighten us out. Chief Kemper, it's Arthur Idala. How are you, young man? Arthur, how's it going, Joan? Is he bothering you? He is bothering me, Chief. What can I do about this? Then we'll talk. We'll talk offline about. No, that. no. Listen, I'm not. I'm not on a bus or a train. He's got no jurisdiction. <laughs> so you know, he, it's, I'm over his head. It's over his head. Oh, so, Chief so Kepper, the Patsy City of New York. Don't forget that. Okay, you're right. Listen, I was defending. I, I, I hate to use the word defending, but I was on your side tremendously, and I was dropping your name all over the place this morning uh, on several different uh, different media outlets, but in particular with my friend Sid Rosenberg on our, I, I call it our sister station, uh, WABC, where right before us here on 970, you hear uh, John Katsimatidis, and on Sunday night, you hear Joe Piscopo over there, and you know, I I am not, and I hope I'm not jinxing myself, but I'm not buying into this narrative 
about how dangerous New York City is, especially compared to the rest of the state. And, you know, last time I'm sorry, the last rest of the country. And the last time you were on, you know, you were throwing some stats at me and, you know, you had them in front of you, but I didn't have them in front of me. But today I asked Antonio Galvano, one of the young men who works here, I said, you know what, print me out all the stats. And it was so easy. You know, everybody Curtis Sliwa, my friend, my dear friend, Bo Deedle, Sid, you know, they want to talk about how horrible crime is, how horrible crime is. And Chief Kemper, you know what they they relate to? The glory of the Giuliani era. Now, I love Rudy Giuliani. I personally, uh, I I love them as a mayor. But here's, I'm just going to hear, you know these statistics, but I just want to throw it out to everybody. In the year of 2000, which was the second to the last year Rudy was there, the major offensive categories, murder, manslaughter, rape, robbery, felony assault, burglary, grand larceny, and grand larceny of a motor vehicle. So those seven major felony offenses. In 2000, when Rudy left and everyone felt so safe, there were 184 and six, 184,652 of those. And last year, the last year we have full statistics, there was 126,500. So over just about 50,000 50,000 less major crimes. And if you want to look at the big big crime of murder, 2000 it was 673 murders and in 2022 there was 438. And the one last statistic I'm going to cite is robbery because robbery is typically takes places on trains or often takes places on trains in 2000. During when everyone says we were the safest under Rudy Giuliani, 32,562. In 2022, 17,411. Basically half, half, half the amount of robberies. And robberies, just so folks know, is not a burglary when they break into your house because those numbers are almost half as well. It's when someone comes up to you, usually with a weapon, and says, Give me your, give me your phone. Give me your money. Give me your chain. Give me whatever. So, statistically speaking, crime is lower now than it was in the Giuliani administration. And here's what I got pushed back on, Chief Kemper. Oh, you know why, Artie? Because the cops aren't making arrests anymore. They're so they're so disappointed with this administration that they're not making arrests anymore. So that's why the statistics are skewed the way they are. So without further ado, Chief of Transit, NYPD, Michael Kemper, the microphone is all yours. I'm laughing. You are spot on, and let's do it. Let's talk. Let's talk last week uh, in the uh, New York City subway system, a subway system to some uh, that would like to paint the narrative that is out of control. Now, we were down 26.7% in crime. We Listen, one crime is one crime too many. I want to be clear. All right? So we're not going to be satisfied or happy until we have no crime. But last week in the New York City subway system, we averaged less than five major felonies uh, a day for the, for the entire week. We didn't have anyone shot. I read an article uh, yesterday or today where someone said there's shootings every day in the subway system. There's rapes every day. There were no murders last week. There's no murders this week. Shooting incidents, zero. You know, for the year in the subway system, uh, the first six and a half, six and a half months, listen, we have three shooting incidents in the subway system. Again, three too many, but we have three. That's down from six last year. Okay, that's down from six. So that's a 50% reduction. 
robberies year to date were down over 14 percent. Uh, so listen, we, we recognize. I say this all the time. We realize we have a lot of work to do, and stats are so important. We're encouraged by the stats. Uh, but it's the perception, it's the fear, and, and that's real to so many people, and that's the challenge that we're facing. But you want to talk arrests in the subway system? I brought this up. I'll tell anyone. We are at historic highs when it comes to enforcement of uh, NYPD cops this year in the subway system. So we're up, we're up 52% this, uh, this year versus last year. That, that 52% represents over 2,400 more arrests this year than last year. We have over 7,000 arrests this year in the subway system, okay? Our enforcement on summonses for quality of life offenses and fare evasion, we're up 57% this year. I, listen, I was quoting, Chief Kemper, I was quoting your numbers like a madman this morning on listen, on, on the radio. On the, But let, let, how do I answer people when they say to me, well, oh, here's the... the question. Here's, here's the question, because everyone points fingers at the police. And again, listen, we're the most uh, visible... Um, you know, we're, we're one part of a layered criminal justice system. And everyone points fingers, what are the police doing? How are the police letting them out? How are the police letting this? We're doing our job at the historic highs. And then the other, the other story is, or the rebuttal as well, you're comparing versus last year. You're not comparing versus pre-pandemic. Arthur, I know we don't have enough I am, time. Listen, I am <laughs> comparing pre-pandemic. I'm looking at the numbers right now. I'm looking I'll at compare the... every stat to pre-pandemic crime-wise and also uh, enforcement and arrest-wise. Here's the question they should be asking. Here's the question. We are arresting people at historic highs. We're arresting the same people that are preying on our riders, right, or on our on New York City residents, right? We're arresting people dozens and dozens of times. It's gotten to a point right now that when we arrest someone for a violent crime, it's, it's, it's odd. It's very unusual that they don't have multiple, if not dozens, of, of prior arrests. The question is, is why are the, why, where are the consequences? And again, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I don't believe, and we don't believe as an agency, that everyone deserves jail. But hey, there are some people that are threats to society and have proven over and over again that they, they need a timeout. And they must... Mike, just give me one people. second, because I want to make sure everyone yep. knows who we're talking to. It's uh, Transit Thursday here on the Idola Power Hour. We've asked NYPD Chief of Transit Michael Kemper to come in on a regular basis on Thursdays because, honestly, Mike, I got so much positive feedback about being you being on because, you know what, there are radio talk show hosts, television hosts, all kinds of contributors who are just, you know, they spew but you know what the numbers are. You know what's really going on. You have your handle on things. And I need your help. What do I retort to people who say, oh, Artie, the numbers are only down now regarding crime on the subway because cops are not making the arrests? Well, how, that, 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 you tell them that's factually wrong, and you tell them to call me. And, 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 and I'll tell them factually. And, and, and you know what? They're doing a disservice and, and shame. These cops are working hard. These are, well, what they, they say is, oh, we, we talked to the rank. We talked to the rank and file cops. They know that they're not appreciated. They know that this, the guys who uh, they arrest are just going to get on bail. So they're going to get out without bail. So the NYPD just not making arrests anymore. That's why the statistics are lower. No, that, that's that's inaccurate. I just told you we're, we, we're, we have over seven. I'm talking just the subway system. I'm not talking about the whole city. Just the subway system, seven over over seven thousand arrests this year. 
That's a 52% increase from last year. That's 2,410 more arrests. And just in the first six months, we're at a pace this year to have over 5,000 more arrests this year versus last year. So I don't know where they get off saying that they're not working, they're not making arrests. They're working harder and smarter uh, than ever. The question for the rebuttal is, is why is it all in the police department? I think a lot of people mis- misunderstand how this works. We make an arrest. That's what we do. And we hand it off to a, to a complex system. We hand it off to prosecutors. They make decisions. Judges make decisions. We're bound by laws by state legislatures, city council. Um, you, you know, so we're not the ones that sentence prisoners. We don't cut them loose. I, I read all the time, like, or I hear people, how do you let them out? That's not up to us. We make the arrest and we hand it off. So I'm giving you statistically, uh, statistics, factual data, and I'm telling you that the NYPD is up in arrest enforcement. And, and I'll talk about every category of arrest that you want also, what we're up in. And it's because of this proactive police work that we're, that we're here, because the rest of the uh, uh, the process, you, you know, that's where the question is. All right, is. Chief, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm up against a heartbreak. I, I can't tell you how great it is that you come on. And um, I, that's it. I'll see you next Thursday. We'll go over the numbers again. Thank you for keeping us safe. Chief Michael Kemper, NYPD Transit. See you next week. Arthur, be well. Join me tonight at 7 o'clock. It's legal night. That means Imran Ansari and Kevin McCullough will sit down to discuss day's biggest legal stories. Tonight, 7 o'clock, Radio Night Live. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The answer. This is Mike Gallagher. Visit the Holy Land with me, Dennis Prager, and Inspiration Cruises and Tours. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel Tour. Call 855-565-5519 or visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for almost a year now. Well, Plaza College, which you know has been around since 1916, not only has the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to their first graduating cohort of nursing students. The first cohort began with 20 students and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Congratulations. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's incredible. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. The tires screech, the impact is felt. Boom. 
you've just been in a car accident. It's a scary situation that none of us want to experience. But if you have been injured in a car accident, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. It's important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. So if you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Kamen at 212-486-0011. That's 212-486-0011. Or visit us on the web at idalalaw.com. idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Kamen's fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with lifetime New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala making the case for the city he loves. Here's Arthur. I can feel You know, Sam Bellino sets me up with these great tunes. And I, we have a great, great guest. But you can't, you can't cut this song off before the drums. So if anyone doesn't know, this is Phil Collins. His solo, not Phil Collins with Genesis, calling in the air tonight. And just take a little listen. Sam Bellino, crank it up. It's a Thursday night. It's in the summer. We can relax a little bit. Even though Joan and San Bellino are all over me, they're riding me, man. They're riding me. Listen to this. Here One we go. One of my Here favorite songs. Leave it to Joan to chime in right when Phil gets in the middle. Phil's arthritis is so bad he can't play drums anymore. San Bellino, you got anything to say about this tune? I think it's one of the best ones he's done. But in your, you know why I'm playing this version, right? Yes, because it's got to do with Live Aid, right? Correct. All right, you tell us why. So but Don't get in the middle of the drums. 38 years ago, Live Aid took place, and this is the Wait, listen, listen, listen. Oh, not yet. Okay, keep going. Were you at that concert, Arthur? No, but I watched it on a TV that was relatively large for the time. Yeah, 40% of the global population watched this concert. Wow. Well, it was a big deal. It was the first of its kind. 
And he's the one who flew from Philadelphia on the Concorde to London. Correct. Sing it, Phil. Oh, they're not they're not doing the drums? Will I remember? Alright. Well, this is the live aid version of Phil Collins at twelve oh one AM. Live Aid, the extravaganza held between Wembley Stadium in London and the JFK Stadium in Philadelphia began. The cream of the world's biggest rock stars took part in the worldwide event, raising over $52 million, which in 1985 was an enormous amount of money. TV pictures beamed over 1.5 billion, 1.5 billion people in 160 countries, nearly 40% of the world population, which made its biggest live broadcast which made it the biggest live broadcast ever known. Artists who appeared included Paul McCartney, Phil Collins, Elvis Costello, The Who, U2, David Bowie, Mick Jagger, Tina Turner, The Cars, Neil Young, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, Brian Adams, Hall & Oates, Lionel Richie, Led Zeppelin, and if you saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen, it was, the, it was Freddie... Mercury's last big gig before he passed away at a very young age from the AIDS virus. Live Aid, I still have the t-shirt. I still have the t-shirt. That's what a big deal it was. Well, thank you for playing that, Sam Bellino, because that is a very big piece of American history. A very big piece of American history. Now, a man who may make American history... And I don't know, maybe he already has, and I don't know about it, is Michael Melcher. I'm not going to try to pronounce his middle name. He's an internationally known executive coach and leadership expert. He is a man from Harvard. He is a man from Stanford. Uh, and he is a man who has lectured even in Camp David. That's where the presidents hang out when they're not stressing out over being president, although I'm sure. They still are stressing out when they're in Camp David because they are always the president of the United States. Without further ado, attorney Michael Melcher. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hey, Arthur. Thank you for having me. You really revved me all up with that introduction. And well, the- I mean, forget about, yeah, the, forget about, you know, because Joan, my producer, is here and she's like having a heart attack. She's like, the guest is on hold. The guest is on hold. But I, I'm sure I'm older than you are. And that particular song. Okay, well, I sound older than you. That particular song <laughs> and, and Live Aid is really a, really a piece of American history. It was when AIDS came out. It was when people were dying. Uh, it was a very pivotal piece of, of world history. Not American history, world history. And the way they tried to bring it together between having a concert in America and London simultaneously was very, very special. I didn't see it coming that we were going to do uh, in the air tonight, and Joan's upset with me. I hope I didn't offend you, Michael, but here we are on the Idola Power Hour now. That's how creativity works, Arthur. That's you how creativity works. You reach into the well, you reach into the well, you don't know what's going to come out. 
Oh, thank you. I please tell that to Joan because she gets mad at me when I reach into the well and she's like, I don't know what's in there. This is not what's planned and you shouldn't be reaching into the well. Okay, because I, I did not say don't reach into the well. I want you, you to reach into the well. You were stressing out with showing me signs. I am. Michael's I'm writing him signs. Michael, this is what makes good radio. But Michael gets that based on who Michael is. I, get I knew you I get two that. would love each other right away. And he wants to talk to you about all the, the pronouns and the LGBTQIA plus as well. Well, before we, before we get there, I would like to know if you could give the, our listeners here a little bit of insight. What's Camp David like? I'm, I'm serious. That's a serious question. It's like if you were a really wealthy person and you had children and you wanted to give them an outdoor experience but kind of keep it real, you would design Camp David. So... It looks fairly modest. It's not like glossy or gleamy, but then it, it has these nice little touches, like there's sort of a secret basketball court and everything's super clean. And they're like, they only hire like the best looking soldiers and Marines to, to, to man it. Um, there's like a little chapel with a tiny little stained glass thing. So it's kind of very um, sedate, but underneath it, like extremely classy. Okay. And under what circumstances were you there? I actually was there twice. So I did some workshops for appointees in the State Department about career development and career change because a lot of them had been political appointees uh, under Obama, and they were coming up with a needing to do the next thing. And that created a lot of kind of anxiety. So I was there to share my views on, on how we look at that process. And um, do you have... a couple of ideas on how to deal with that process here on uh, AM 970, The Answer, on a Thursday evening? Yeah, well, I'll share it with everybody. Number one, uh, you discover what's next, not through a process of logical thinking, but through a lot of experimentation. So you have a few hypotheses, you go out, you test them, you get some feedback, you talk to different people. So it's like two steps forward, one step back. And then the second thing is that we go through different types of change cycles as adults that are kind of analogous to to the seasons, like summer, fall, winter, spring. So growth can look really differently in different periods. And there might be periods of time when you just feel like empty and confused, but that can still be a time of growth if you kind of know what questions to ask. And people found that very relieving because everyone said, oh my God, you're on the top of the world. What's the next peak you're gonna climb? And they're like, I can barely wake up in the morning. How can I climb another peak? And, um, you know, where do you see, Michael, you know, like where young people are today when they're leaving, whether it's high school or college or even graduate school, you know, the, the possibilities in today's day and age are just endless compared to 50 years ago or even 30 years ago because, the, you know, the world of technology has just blown out. I mean, I, I've done a lot in the media, a lot on TV. Where I mean, when, I don't I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, there was like, okay, when I was a kid, there was like six channels, right? And now there's like six hundred channels. Oh, yeah, and at nighttime it would go off and we go. Ee! Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like eleven o'clock, and you just have to wait for the next day. How about when you were watching a show and something would pop up and be like, boop, we are experiencing operating difficulties. <laughs> Please stand by. You don't really see that anymore. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so where where is the youth of America heading in terms of 
their future and their future in terms of feeding their families and making a career and finding fulfillment in life? Well, it's a bit of a loaded question because youth typically do not want to hear from somebody approximately twice their age about where their generation is going. Yet I do have opinions. Um, I agree with you that there are more options than ever before, but I think there are kind of two problems. The first one is that there's sort of like this sense of pessimism and like lack of personal agency that is widely felt, even though it's untrue. So if you were to survey people, let's say under 30, about their career prospects, I think they would be fairly negative and like, oh, we can't make it, the older generation took everything, blah, blah, blah. And it's just objectively false on every criteria. So it's sort of like, how how do you deal with the kind of group-wide sense of, of negativity um, going forward? And then I think the second thing is just technology. I mean, with technology, are we the masters or are we the slaves? And I think. Uh, well, are you, Michael, are you allowed to? Are you allowed to use? You're you're a Caucasian, correct? I am half Mexican American and half Gringo. Are you allowed to use the word um, slave? I think so. I think right. I don't really just, understand I'm not, the I'm difference just, between saying slave and enslaved person. Like, hello. I mean, I just there, there's so many rules, and, and we're gonna. And we'll, after you complete well, your thought, well, I, have, I have another topic for, for you, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, people need to push back against the dumb rules. Like, like who made these rules? Like, why? Why? This is the, the other interesting thing, which you didn't really ask, but I, in a way, I feel like there's a kind of lack of leadership, particularly on college campuses and in some workplaces, of, like, older generations who actually should have some wisdom and should exert some authority. I think that, I don't know, it's like there's this desire that, like, we need to be just liked by younger people that seems to be turning into caving into every kind of cockamamie demand that, that they have. So, Okay. Uh, I, um, you know, uh, obviously, Michael, I'd love to have you on for the whole show, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, and I appreciate your thoughts and obviously your intellect and your background. Um, one of the topics that I went off on a little bit of a tangent on, like two days this week, had to do with all of those initials in – the gay world. Um, I know you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're world. Yeah. yeah, you're you're a gay dad here in Manhattan. You have twin sons. Uh, how old are you, kids? I have eight year old identical twin sons. Okay. Um, God bless. I got a sixteen. A, oh, he's seventeen. Yesterday, I was going to say sixteen. I have a seventeen year old, a six year old, and a one year old. Um, and um, you know, I. I Obviously, I'm, I live in Brooklyn. I'm surrounded with with my brothers and sisters who who's heterosexual, who's homosexual. Like, I don't really care. I mean, it really doesn't affect my life at all. Um, but when it gets a little bit like just and maybe I'm different because I like I don't like it. I doesn't care. I mean, I care that I don't want any of my friends or or people I care about to be discriminated against or, or maligned because of their sexual preferences that, in my opinion, Mother Nature bestowed upon them. Um, but, you know, it's a little bit getting shoved down my throat with the And there's all these initials, LGBTQ, LGBTQ, IA plus. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, literally, I, I know this sounds so stupid saying this. But my my closest friend in the whole wide world got married 
like the first time you could get married in Connecticut, I don't, I think 20 years ago, they made it 30 years ago. Their daughter and my oldest son are like brother and sister. Like, and it's just, it's no, like, we don't even think about it. Like, we just, but it's regular. Like, it, like the way I don't make a big deal about that. I don't make a big deal about, you know, my friend Mike Jacarino is married to Lindsay or Imran who's married to Samara. Like, it's normal stuff. And I, I just feel like, you lose some degree of credibility when you're making such a big deal out of all of these initials and everyone's got to play by play by all these rules. And I would love to hear what Michael Melcher, who has lectured all over the country has to say about that. Well, there's a lot in what you said. So there, somebody once observed there isn't really a gay community there's a gay population and so i'd say there isn't really an lgbtq plus blah 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 uh community there's a population of a bunch of people and some of whom are claiming that all these letters go together i actually think that fairly soon the l and g and possibly b are going to split off from everybody else um, because a lot of different things have gotten plonked onto kind of basic gay identity. So I grew up at a time when there were no gay role models, not a single one. There was not a single public gay role model. The only people in media who were detectably gay were Paul Lind, Charles Nelson Reilly, and Liberace. That, those are the role models to the extent they existed. I there was, was definitely no going to say Liberace if you didn't, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and it was all kind of nudge, lunch, wink, wink type stuff. So that was a world I grew up in. It wasn't a horrible world, but I would say, you know, if you were growing up in Appalachia or Kansas or even New York and you thought you might be gay, it could be a very kind of lonely experience until you Definitely. would There's eventually find. Right. Oh, of course, and there was also this incredible joy and sense of discovery when you met another gay person. It was like it was like you did the most wonderful birthday present just to find somebody you could connect with. So that was going on. There was a lot of progress. I mean, the generation ahead of me had far worse. And then starting in 1981, AIDS hit. I mean, I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college when I read the first article about AIDS. I'm like, okay, this, this is going to be bad. I just knew it would be bad. And really, the bulk of my adult life was kind of like under this just cloud that was affecting lots of people. So there are tons of guys who would have been my age, but they died in their like late 20s or early 30s under the most horrible circumstances, right? So that's kind of the world we came in. Right, and, and the first big name was Rock Hudson. Yeah, there were, but there were others before him. I mean, big in terms of everyone hearing about him, but there were plenty of people who were dying in the early 80s, like lawyers and doctors and designers. And right, but I mean, the first, like, international superstar who was good-looking and thought to be macho yeah. and all of that was, in well, my opinion, because, I mean, you and I are just a couple of years apart. I was like, when I, you know, heard, like, Rock Hudson has AIDS, it was like, whoa, okay. Right, it, yeah, it was that, and then a couple of years later, there was Magic Johnson, um, had AIDS, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, this is bad. I'm like, yeah, no, I guess I won't. No, no, no. Uh, yes, it, it's bad, Sherlock. Um, and this has been going on for a while, and it'd be nice if somebody cared. And some people didn't care, but a lot of them didn't really care. So that was going on, right? And, and I can tell you that never, never did I imagine the progress that there would be in terms of just human rights, acceptability, the ability to just be a normal person and be gay. Okay, so that was, that's been like shocking. Now, what has also happened is that a lot of other people have now kind of glommed onto this experience 
Um, do you remember Rachel Dolezal, the white woman who was the head of the NAACP in a certain community and was revealed at one point to be non-black and everyone kind of freaked out? Yes, like, yes, 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 that? yes. That wasn't that long well, ago. There are a lot of Rachel Dolezals in the sort of queer community. So there are all these, these uh, studies now that claim like 30% of Gen Z are queer, but almost all of those are young women, usually white women, who are identifying as bisexual or pansexual, but actually who have relationships with men. So it's all this just sort of pretend, I would say. Can you just tell me real quick, Carson Michael, then we got to go, what is pansexual? I think pansexual is is this new term that just means I do not have any particular preference. I can be attracted to to anybody. But so again, what's the difference between that and bisexual? Uh, bi, they would say that bi assumes it's either male or female. But I guess pan could be you know male, female, trans, whatever. Like it's more inclusive. But it it's basically it's uh, my judgment is that it's people who are desperate to be in the kind of social justice movement and not be seen as part of the bad, like white, male, cisgender, patriarchy, whatever. And so they're kind of clinging to these identities that are not real. And so what's happened is this massive group has now, I think, kind of taken over the the old school um, kind of struggle for gay rights, and it's become this new kind of crazy thing. And so the most, a lot of the most bitter people are like old school gays like me, who's like, what, what happened? You know, wh- where is this all coming from? Like, what is this supposed to be? So no, I, we can go I, on and on. I know, I know. I, I, Michael, I can't go on and on. I'm talking to Michael Melcher. He's an internationally known executive coach and leadership expert. And my, my uh, executive behind the, the board here wants to kill me. I, Cause you know, I do have like time limits on the show and, but I, this is fascinating. Just promise me you'll come back and we'll do, we'll go a little deeper on this if that works. Uh, or other issues as well. <laughs> we could go on many, many issues. No, uh, believe me, I know, I know your Arthur. background is rich and deep. Just tell me real quick. Tell people how to reach you or to learn more about you. Yeah, just go to michaelmelcher.com, dot com, M E L C H E R, and uh, there will be tons of links, so you can read my stuff and you know a lot of useful stuff on careers and leadership and building your your business relationships and so forth. There you go, folks. MichaelMelcher.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M-E-L-C-H-E-R.com. And uh, he's been to Camp David. He's spoken to the creme de la creme of American leadership. So you should read up about him and, and figure it out. And he's going to definitely, Joni will make sure he's back on the Idola Power Hour because uh, it's a pleasure speaking to you, Michael. And God bless you and your two sons. Uh, we will talk you. to you soon. Have a great, great Thursday evening and enjoy the rest of the summer. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a good one. Folks, we're going to be right back. Hopefully, I'm going to squeeze in Councilman Joe Borelli to talk about what happened in the city council. They overrode the mayor today. It's a big deal. Don't go away. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. 
For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. What are you doing this fall? Would you like to go to Italy with Joe Piscopo? Well, let me tell you about this amazing tour. Rome, Catania, Taromina, Savoca, Forza de Agro, Mount Etna, and Palermo. That's the best of Rome and Sicily for nine nights. What a trip. Enjoy wonderful food and taste classic Italian wine at Mount Etna and see some actual sights used in the iconic Godfather movie. It's a trip you'll remember for years to come. You'll also be treated to an intimate dinner for performance by Joe. Joe Piscopo in Rome. It is so much fun. Have your cameras ready. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515. Remember, a Perillo Tour is a stress-free, escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. That's 800-431-1515 to secure your reservation on this very limited tour before it sells out. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. October 18th to 28th. 1-800-431-1515. 1515 or go online to perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer. Sunday, boy, Sunday. Oh my God. I got to cut this song short for Joe Borelli. Oh my God. This is one of the greatest songs of all time. Live Aid. The Councilman Borelli was too young to remember this, but I remember this. This was July 1985. July 13, 1985. I had just graduated Poly Prep High School in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, exactly a month before. And this was U2. Oh, man. At Wembley Stadium. I was watching in the afternoon. It was unbelievable. But we have to get to business here on the Idola Power Hour on a Thursday evening. And let's go to the man who knows everything that's going on inside City Hall because he actually, even though he's a Republican, he has a good relationship with the mayor's side of the aisle. They are in communication. The one, the only, the occasional host here on AM 970, The Answer, when he's not saving the city, Joseph Borelli. What's up, Giuseppe? Well, it, it's someday bloody Thursday, maybe, if you're counting the veto overrides in the city well, council. Uh, he, here's the truth, and, and, and you know about radio. So we have like four minutes, and I just really need you. I'm going to shut up, and you just need to explain because you know how to be a host. You just need to explain to the citizens of the city of New York what happened today regarding the override. So the council passed a bill that would expand eligibility for a specific housing voucher that we're spending somewhere around $300 million on per year. The mayor saw that this bill, in their estimation, would make the total cost $17 billion, would be billion, over the next uh, five years. The, the Citizens Budget Commission, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization, actually said that number is about $10 billion. Uh, over five years, so two billion extra in spending by conservative estimates per year, uh, and uh, unfortunately, the council doesn't live in in reality at times. Um, this is an expansion of uh, a, a social program, which uh, the program itself is a very good program. It's called FEPS, 
Uh, a lot of people, uh, how they transition out of homeless shelters through this voucher program. The program is working good. Uh, everyone would support a, a, a small expansion of this. But what the council's law will now do is basically expand eligibility to, to basically anyone in housing court, anyone who's facing eviction for any reason whatsoever, uh, whether you're uh, a citizen, a non-citizen, it, it doesn't matter anymore. So this is going to actually take the spending uh, and balloon it to a point where we really can't sustain. We're already projecting a $5 billion budget gap. So for those keeping track, that's about 4%, uh, 4% of our budget budget gap uh, in the next fiscal year. Uh, and it's unclear how adding $2 billion of spending will actually be done. We're going to be at the point where we're, we're potentially cutting you know, services, whether it's sanitation or libraries or, or, or something that New Yorkers rely on. Uh, and we have the opportunity now to not pass it, but the council, who doesn't mind spending the taxpayers' money, even when they don't have it, uh, decided to override the veto. Councilman Borelli, Councilman Borelli, just tell the listeners like, like why, why this is a big deal in terms of overriding a mayor's veto. It hasn't been done since Mike Bloomberg was the mayor, uh, and it was a very uh, uh, acrimonious time in the council. You had uh, Mar- Melissa Margarito, who was a far left. So she would call herself a socialist. And you had Mike Bloomberg uh, as mayor. That was the last time the council had overridden a mayoral veto because usually uh, people are, are, are sort of grounded and come together and come to some sort of compromise. Most of our work is compromising with the mayor uh, on, on different legislation. This time, the compromise broke down. I think there were a lot of personal of, of vendettas, uh, maybe be, between the speaker and mayor, that were, were sort of unsettled. I thought, Joe, I thought the benefit. speaker, I thought the speaker and the mayor were like kumbaya. Seriously, I, at one at one point they were, and, and they just seemed to uh, the, the relationship seemed to have, have devolved a, a little bit. Uh, and I would hope that they would swim in the same direction. They're both sort of. Um, more moderate than some of the more left. Right, exactly. Left and I, I got. I literally have twenty seconds. Is it because the the speaker, even though she's more moderate, she has to kiss the butt of the more leftist people in her constituency in the city council? It's part and parcel, but she also wants to assert herself as, as a separate and equal branch of government, and part of that is pushing back when you think you're right. I just don't think this was the right issue because it's it's literally out of Three, two, one. Afford. Joseph Borelli here on the Idola Power Hour. We ran out of time. Thank you so much for jumping on. Have Thank a great you. Thursday night. We'll see you tomorrow live with a special guest from Staten Island. See you tomorrow live and local on the Idola Power Hour. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.